welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato and Jeremy Monaghan. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. It's powered by Audio-Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation, flights, car hire, and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business, you need to get the next game, or you're looking for a plane to parachute out of into Suncorp Stadium this Sunday afternoon, visit whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If, it's Aussie for travel. My name is Jeremy Monaghan. This is our 32nd episode of the Top 4 podcast and it happens to be coming to you in grand final week where the Rabbitohs are taking on the Panthers and I'd like to welcome my co-host Mark Ellison and Shannon Donato. How are you gentlemen? Very well thanks Jeremy. Uh, obviously exciting week for us up here um, as it is for any Rabbitohs supporter or any rugby league supporter so um, you know we're, we're halfway through the week now we're enjoying it and uh, I hope everyone else has enjoyed the ride and, and the ride that we've had so far. Morning, hello. Morning, Jez. Yeah, well, they certainly are. Hello, as I said last week on the uh, podcast, you know, walking the streets of South Sydney at the moment, there's just red and green everywhere. There's there's flags, people painting their houses red and green, garages red and green, Rabbitohs merch everywhere. The whole community's come alive with Rabbitohs fever, which is fantastic. Bring on, bring on Sunday and bring on the match. Now, I saw a disgraceful Facebook post during the week from Gab Donato. <laughs> saying that they love, she said, we, I don't know who she was referring to as we, love a Panthers win as much as we love a Rabbitohs one. I hope she's talking about herself and your do- uh, her and her daughter. Cheers, <laughs> that's Linda. Very much Linda. As you know, we, or you might not be aware, we lived out at Penrith for, for some time when, when I was playing and working out there. And I did see Gab's post and it said, Almost as much as a Rabbitohs win. Stoked that Rabbitohs made the grand final. We love Panther, a Panthers win almost as much as a Rabbitohs win. <laughs> and and to be fair, uh, obviously, you know, we're a hardcore Rabbitohs family, have been all our lives, but, you know, and want us to win it and so passionate. But, you know, having spent some time at Penrith, I'm, I am happy for that community that they've, they've made it. So I certainly... Not because they're any easier, just uh, because of the people involved. I'd much rather be playing uh, the Panthers in the grand final than than the Storm. I'm just going to make a note here. Two minutes 45, delete everything Shannon Donato just said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 the only saving grace, the only saving grace, Jeremy, was that uh, Gabby bought Shannon some red and green crayons this week. So you do his, so you do his sign post. Uh, oh, speaking of signage, what about having a five-year-old in the house? We've got some tinsel up here behind us. We've got oh, some balloons. Man. Printed off some signs for the back of our front door. She's all over it. She's loving oh, life here in Botany. It's beautiful. Yes, doing, it's beautiful. Our, doing our best to cheer everyone on from about 1,200 kilometres away. <laughs> But, uh, Shannon, I'm glad you joined us for the first few minutes today. Uh, after the comments on Penrith, mate, I think you can uh, take off now. Thank you, mate. <laughs> was that, that was... your joke of the week, Shannon? <laughs> <laughs> Go and take the dogs for a walk. I do something. <laughs> <laughs> it I don't... Too, actually. I just quietly. Boys, <laughs> <laughs> rest assured, rest assured. Very, very excited about our advertising. <laughs> Very. I'm just wondering how many Panthers supporters there are in Vaucluse. 
I'm just wondering how many slander lawsuits I can take you for, please. Unbelievable. But the slander that you spread about me, and now you started on my wife. Wait till I tell Gabrielle that. I love how most people in the world would love to live in Vaucluse, whereas you're absolutely against it. Mate, Wallabaloo boy, born and bred, and South Sydney through and through, and you just slander me with salacious comments about Vaucluse. It's I love it. Like I said, the sound of your first comments, you should be living out at Mount Druitt, mate. <laughs> well, you know, Where did you live out there, Shannon? Was it Glenmore Park? It was, yeah. yeah. A nice, nice part of it. Please don't start with your class warfare again, Jez. No, no, no. Um, that's I've, I've had I've had friends at uni that came from Glenmore Park, and I think um, our, didn't our head of corporate, Adam Cosgrove, did he live out there at one stage as well? He, he may have done. I know he yeah. lived at um, Kellyville as well, one yeah. of the, the new estates in the north northwest hills district. But um, Glenmore Park was a nice part of the world. And it was, you know, I, I did make some nice friends out there, but um, it's it's rabbitos all the way this yeah, weekend, baby. I must say, Jeremy, how, how did uh, Shannon and and Adam get exemptions to come into our area? <laughs> <laughs> They've got to do daily COVID tests. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, just part yeah. of living in Sydney at the moment. COVID tests, <laughs> let me tell you that much. I'll show you what out there they are a bit different. They've added, a, added an extra verse to the national anthem. After the national anthem plays, the last verse they add to it is Khan Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very good. Right, enough enough talk of the Panthers. This is a Rabbitohs podcast. So let's get on to something that you've learned this week. We'll kick off with you, Shannon. Okay. I've learned just, just what a real family the Rabbitohs are. I think I've said it before, but it really, really hit home to me on uh, Tuesday. We had the open training session there. And we had the players, the coaching stuff. They had their families and their kids on the sideline and the kids playing footy on the backfield. We had all of our members there. You know, it was really important to the team and the club that we shared that moment with those that have been with us every step of the way. So the players' families and the Rabbitohs family was there. The Rabbitohs members on the sideline. We had sponsors. We had our old boys were streaming. I was on a um, stream watching the open training session with our old boys. And as we're all of our Sydney and New South Wales and members right around Australia that couldn't be there, we made sure that we made it accessible to everybody in the Rabbitohs family. We had Blake Solly and Ello up there talking to us and giving us the sort of insights in terms of how grand final week's going. And it just, the club went to huge effort to make sure that everyone in the Rabbitohs family uh, was involved in it. I was just sitting back and thinking, how good is it we've got, you know, sponsors, members, players, players' families, you know, management, all all here together. We, we wanted to share it as a family. We've all gone through this journey together and it was important that we um, enjoyed the grand final week together. So just that, you know, family unity that we have in the in the Rabbitohs, I think we're, we're really fortunate. Mm. Yeah, very good. What about you, Ella? Well, among many things I've learned this week, the biggest one on the thing that I remember for the rest of my life is I'll know, I know why Wayne Bennett has won so many competitions. Just the way he's uh, spoken to the players this week, got the preparation right, give them their time to relax when they have to and get them ready for, for training and just lead into this week. He, he has been his absolute best in the last yeah, five to six weeks. 
and nothing's changed this week, I can assure you. Yeah, I know. He, and um, that's all I'll say. Yeah, he didn't address um, with Adam Reynolds to the st- to the staff that are down in Sydney, and it's probably the last chance for the staff to have a chat with with Wayne and and Renault relatively in person. Obviously, it was only via Zoom, but um, the way he spoke there, he was so relaxed. Renault was so relaxed, even though um, he's got a bit of an injury, you wouldn't have even known that he's got that over hanging over his head. The boys, everyone that I've spoken to this week up there from staff and coaches to the players, everyone's just so relaxed. And I think a lot of that comes down to Wayne and the way that he handles the week. And it's interesting, in 2014, we won, and it was so intense. <laughs> the week was so yeah. intense. Yeah. But that, and that was a reflection of the way Madge had handled the whole year. And that group of players obviously responded well to that intensity in 2014 and obviously the players in 2021 are responding well to Wayne's laid-back approach to things. Well, they certainly are, Jess. I mean, um, you know, we've got the, as we know, we, the families are up here. You know, they've been included in everything we do. Um, Wayne just knows he knows what to say when he's talking to the boys. He's, you know, you I've been fortunate to sit in the team meetings mm. up here, which I don't often do back in back in Sydney. But um, you know, just just the way he handles that, and obviously JD and, and Ben Hormy doing a great job as well. They complement each other, and um, I'll just go wait for Sunday. It'll be it'll be Ripper, and I know, I know that we'll be at our best on Sunday. That's the only thing I do know. Yeah, that we'll be at our absolute best. Yeah, um, and I. What is it, Wayne? Seven out of eight grand finals or six out of seven? You know how I do my research. It's one seven, seven out of nine. <laughs> seven out of nine. Yep. And uh, I just did a little bit of research myself, as you know, Jeremy. I do. And in the last eight grand finals that South have played, we won six of them. That's it. So they all go on about this stuff about how many wins we've had. It's two in 50 years. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. How many you win? That's why we got twenty-one. Well, that's why I laugh at that stat. They say, and particularly Roosters fans bring up two grand finals in fifty years, but it's also two in seven. Correct. Which isn't too bad. <laughs> Roosters fans. Yeah. What else have they got to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They got nothing else this time of year. They're that's not going to we... cheer for us, and they're not going to cheer for Penrith <laughs> with their history nice. of Penrith. Well, it'd be nice if we can put another one. Past them this year, this year with another GF. Yeah. What are they on 14? I don't think they're even on that many of the Sydney Roosters. I know Eastern Suburbs oh, Roosters oh, won a few, and yeah, Sydney yeah. City might have won one, and I'm not sure about Sydney. That's they might have won a couple. That's a very good call, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we might discuss this and elaborate it when we do our podcast, our end of season podcast from Young Henry's Brewery. That sounds good. We'll we'll dissect the history of the eastern suburb Sydney City Sydney Roosters. I think that podcast might go between nine and ten hours. So. <laughs> I'll bring a second memory card. <laughs> well, the thing I've learnt this week: who would have known? There's about eight hundred country radio stations in Queensland that all want to talk to Wayne Bennett. And over a thousand media outlets in New Zealand that all want to talk to Benji for an hour each. <laughs> in my role as media manager this week, I tell you, I've heard some some weird and wonderful requests for people. It's uh, I had someone from a, a New South Wales country radio station, and 
Um, the head of our of of South Kids, the general manager, is Alicia, pa- Alicia Parker Elrez, a fantastic lady, does a fantastic job with South Cares and leading the team and, and all the community programs that they do. But she can be a bit feisty sometimes, Leash, and she fights yeah. hard for yeah, she fights hard for her patch and for her people that she uh, that she represents and that she helps. Anyway, I had one guy from a country radio station say, um, just had a couple of requests for grand final week. Can I have an interview with Wayne Bennett and that firecracker from South Cares that I met a couple of years ago? <laughs> and I knew ex- exactly who he was talking about. <laughs> I've I, I got to say, just on another note, Jez, one of the real touching moments for me at the fan session yesterday was uh, the, the harker oh, yeah. that, that, that those young kids put on for, for the boys. And it was more obviously for Benji and Jackson Paul, they asked for specifically, but yeah. the whole team was there. It was a really uplifting moment. Like, mm. the, yeah, we talk about us particularly as the cultural club and the multicultural club that we are. Mm. And that was just us at our best for the Rabbitohs, how we embraced things. And it was, the boys loved it. The boys absolutely loved it. And the passion that those children showed doing the harker, yeah. was, you could see it in their eyes. It was just outstanding. I think on the news, I'm not not sure if it's true, but it was reported on the news that they were kids from Kebra Park um, State School, which is where Benji went to school. And I'm not sure whether Jackson went to that school or not, but I know Jackson's from the Gold Coast, um, both with roots back to New Zealand. And um, I remember uh, our digital manager, Sonny Bra, who's up with the team at the moment, he sent us some footage of them practising and I just sent I sent a message to Sonny. I said, make sure that you and your your crew there capture both the Harker and also Benji's reaction because that's what's going to make that really special. And on the live stream, you could I knew what was going on. I'm not sure if other people could work out that there was a Harker going on because you couldn't quite see it from the angle on the live stream, but you could see Benji's reaction. He stood there and soaked it all in. He took his hat off and he threw it to the boys and said, "That that's for you. And then when he walked away, you could see his head came down a little bit and I thought, that's really touched Benji. He's, he's soaking all of that in to the fact that they would do that for him. And it was funny how I, I got tipped off my, my young bloke, Josh. Josh texted me about oh, 45 minutes before training started. And I, I thought... What's going on here? Someone, someone um, from the mascot club um, let us know. And anyway, when I was walking around to go and do the, the interview with, you know, on the live streaming, the one of the guys there caught me and said, we want to do this hark. I said, well, I've heard about it. Of course we can. So once training's finished, we'll get the boys over. And it, it worked out. It was just magnificent. Yeah, let's hope there's a, another massive one there at Suncorp Stadium on Sunday afternoon for the boys. Again, it was a it was a great moment yesterday. Let's get into our first top four topic. And as we've been doing over the past uh, two or three months, we've been rolling through the different positions in the team and the top four of each position. And the the last but certainly not least position, especially uh, a man my size, it should have been done first, was the top four Rabbitohs front rowers of all time. And I'll admit, Again, I couldn't get it down to four. <laughs> I just couldn't get it down to four. I've got uh, five that I've got and then some special mentions. But we might kick off with uh, ULO. And if we've got any that uh, are the same, which I'm sure we will, we can all just chime in and give our thoughts. Oh, well, the, the first one for me, like there's a number of them, what you say, Jez, but mm. I didn't see a lot of this guy play. But, uh, you know, 
John O'Neill mm. was one that comes to mind. A guy that came down from, uh, I think it was Gunnedah, mm. came down to see us and, and was just one of the hardest men and went on and, and played, you know, for New South Wales and Australia um, and was in our great eras, uh, you know, and then that, that late 60s and early 70s. And, and then, unfortunately for us, went to Manly and played in a couple of grand finals there as well and won it. See, you go back to front rowers, everyone that knows rugby league knows how important front rowers are to winning winning big games and winning competitions. And he was one that went, you know, from South winning plenty premiership after premiership and then to Manly and doing the same. So, you know, we, we never wanted him to go to Manly. Why, why it happened, we know, but we would have preferred to keep him here forever. But his, his record, particularly his grand final record, and his test matches for Australia and World Cup victories. And, you know, when he played, that was, it was dog eat dog mm. in, that, in that era. That was, there was no, you know, pushing and shoving and, and growling at the other player this next year. You know, they, they, they just, they were into it. Mm. If, if, if they didn't like someone, they were into it. They, they'd kick, they'd punch, they'd headbutt, they'd do everything. And he was, he was, one of the best front. He was probably the best front row in the game at that era. That's that's the point that I made. He was he was in the most br- played the most brutal position in the most brutal era of the game. Yeah, yeah. and and dominated. He did. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, uh, Lurch. You know, just winding up with those big charges. That's what he was famous for. A really tough, but apparently a gentleman off the field. And and an interesting fact is. His grandkids are both involved with the with the Rabbitohs. Uh, his grandson's playing in our junior league and hoping he comes through our junior junior pathway system. I was actually speaking to Joe Callahan about him yesterday, actually, and and his granddaughter, uh, both both Cindy's kids are Cindy Slurch's daughter, Cindy's um, and a partner Shane. Shane coaches in our junior league as well, and her daughter plays in our Rabbitohs netball summer competition as well. So uh, both uh, Lurch's grandchildren are still. Uh, involved with the Rabbitohs and representing the Rabbitohs at a grassroots level, which is a really nice thought. Yeah. Fantastic. What what about you, Shannon? Have you got a nomination to throw forward? I do. One of my all-time favourite Rabbitohs players in in any position, and more for the kind of person he is or was, sadly, he's passed, but um, had a profound impact on my life, is a a man named Jim Morgan. Um, I grew up next door to Jim. Jim's a big part of why I... Why I played and stayed in rugby league um, as a kid was just one of many things I did, but Jim really helped ignite that passion in me. Um, his um, stepson was my best mate and still is my best mate and uh, godfather to his children. But Jim was just, again, played in that same year as Lurch, came down from Maitland in 1965, played in that 1965 grand final and played in the 68 uh, winning grand final as well in that really tough era. And, Jim went on to play for New South Wales and Australia and famous for that Battle of Brisbane 1970 test, I think, up at Lang Park and, you know, having a headbutting competition with Cliffy Watson, the big English front rower, and <laughs> Jim's face smashed, you know, nose smashed all over his face and just kept going at Cliffy Watson. Absolutely brutal on the field, but an absolute gentleman off the field. Wouldn't never, I'd never heard him raise his voice. He abhorred any children, anyone swearing in front of children, or women. He was an absolute gentleman, Jim. Um, and, you know, took me away on family holidays and had a 
had a profound impact on my life. And um, I was fortunate enough to be asked by his family to give the eulogy at his at his at his funeral. And uh, as I said, he had a profound impact on my life and uh, lots of other people from Wollamaloo. But he was an outstanding footballer, uh, a great ambassador for the Rabbitohs and uh, propagated rugby league his entire life, coached as well uh, in rugby league and just a fantastic rugby league person and person in general, Jim Morgan. Fantastic. I can, for that. Yeah, I can vouch for that too, Shannon. I I used to catch up a little bit with Jimmy. He used to drink down at the, the Clovelly Hotel after his career and I was, I was just young coming through and he used to he used to be in his crew. He'd have Bobby the Banker Burn and uh, Porky Wiley and Chizer and all those guys from down at the Clovelly. And I got I got to have a few beers with him over the years. And you're right, a tremendous person and and a, and a great footballer, a great footballer. You know, so uh, yeah, it's it's sad that he, that both of these guys we talk about have passed. Mm. You know, and, and and earlier than what they should have. Mm. Indeed. I might I might mention a couple together and and lead you into talking about them, Elo, because you played with these guys, and it's Ian Roberts and Les Davidson, two of the most devastating players in the nineteen eighties and and nineteen nineties, and both played some of their best footy at South. Ian was uh, only early in his career, but we probably got the best years of of Les's career, I reckon, at at, at South or some of his best years and there's a great story that Craig Coleman tells about um, Les where he says I do all of Les's thinking and he does all of my fighting and yeah. um, and uh, Ian Roberts wasn't any less tough than, uh, than Les Davidson. He was f- seriously feared on the footy field and you had the pleasure of playing with them both, Ella. I did and, and truly playing with uh, two front rowers that had so much presence on the field made a, a job for me, a lot easier in what I had to do. There's no doubt about that. And we all knew it. And, well, having so many tough people around you, um, it made everyone tougher. Mm. It's amazing. You know, you know, it's like it did. And um, I, Ian, I, I came through. I played in, in a C-grade grand final with Ian that we won. Back, I, can't, I can't remember the year, but coming through a mascot together. And um, he, was, he was about 18 months younger than me. Uh, but he was probably the fittest player that I ever played with. I mean, David Boyle would be, a, 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 you know, a struck match second to him. But um, Ian Roberts was the ultimate professional, and you know, he he could just do things like in those days you played the eighty minutes, and he could he could play at that top level for eighty minutes. He didn't seem to ever get tired. You know, that was him, and um, he was strong. Uh, he loved the Rabbitohs. Um, he's a good fellow, Ian Roberts. Really good fellow. Mm. And um, to this day, had he not got injured in 1989, would have won the call. Mm. I have no doubt. Because he, he played the uh, major semi-final. He'd been out for uh, oh, 10 weeks or so with a groin injury. And he, he needled it to play. And then, you know, after after the game, he was gone for the season, mm. which we probably thought he would be. But had we won, we'd have gone into the GF, you know. Mm. Um, but great person and a great player and a great clubman. Yeah. Um, just tough as teak. And, you know, you, yeah, probably the best way to explain how tough he was, We can you get Gary Jack on the line? <laughs> 
Gary talks with a lisp these days, doesn't he, yeah, because yeah. of it? Exactly. <laughs> I think he's on a ventilator at the moment. <laughs> he talks with a lisp, but he's never said what he said to him on that day, I'll tell you. No, that. I bet he wouldn't repeat it. <laughs> no, if they're, walking down, if they're walking down the road towards each other, I'm sure he'd chuck out to the other side, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Bundy, Bundy was just Bundy. Um, just a Bundy. He's a really, and they both are really. Ian's only a quiet bloke too. But Bundy's a real quiet gentleman off the field. Mm. Um, and I, you know, he's a really good family man. Like, always known that. Him and Kristen been together forever and they have a great relationship. And that's because of the guy he is and, and she is as well. That's just off the field. But on the field, mate, some of the hits he could put on, not only with his shoulder, but with his left and right. Mm. Uh, you know, he, and he, he never started anything, but by God, he finished it. Yeah. That was a big thing with Les. And the other thing he did have, too, he had a good offload, Les Davis. Sometimes it would go to the ground, but always he would get there and hit hit the line. He would get that ball out later. Then it would go to the ground. You could pick it up and still make extra yardage. But nine times out of ten, he'd get a good one away. And, um, yeah, that was that was something that helped us with our attack, obviously. But, yeah, he came down from Dubbo was a, you know, a, you know, a pretty lightly framed mm. kid at 18 or 19 when he came down and he built on that. He worked hard at everything he did. And because of the person he was, he was well accepted by everyone. And, you know, it's like not only being well accepted the person, you know, then he gets on the football field and he's intimidating the opposition. Everyone loves him. He's, he's the bloke you want in your team every week. Mm. That's the best thing I can say about both of them. And one thing I will just allude to in in the eighties, Bobby Jibman was our was our they call him S and C these days. We used to call him our trainer, you know. Mm. He did a great job. We're the fittest team in the comp, there's no doubt about that. But often early in the week, we go over the top of the old club at over at Charmer Street. We go up these back stairs and there was just this vacant room up the top that no render, just bare bricks. It was leaking if it rained and things like that. And we do our boxing up there. And you'd all have to pick a partner. And every week, Ian Roberts and uh, Les Davison would be on the pads and the mitts together. And, you know, the noise of the punches, how they were hitting was just incredible. Mm. Never heard anything like it, before or after. Mm. Just, you know, the size and the power. And how fit they were, they just ripped in. It was, uh, it was, we thought, oh, well, if anything happens on Sunday, I'm okay. I've got these blokes. <laughs> I was just thinking there might be a couple of little blokes in the Panthers team this weekend that wouldn't be quite so chirpy if uh, if we're, they were still allowed to be dealt with the way that Robbo and, and Bundy dealt with people back in the 80s and 90s. Oh, mate. <laughs> mate, you wouldn't hear a word from them. Yeah. <laughs> What about you, Shannon? Who, who's your next? Uh, who's your next nomination? Oh, okay. I was, I, oh, if you still got comments on those blokes, go for it. No, no, yeah. oh, no. I was just going to say, LA made a really interesting point about Les and a, and a few of the others that um, they were genuinely tough, but they were gentlemen off the field. Mm. They didn't have to ca- carry on like clowns or hard men or tough men. They were just themselves, and but you know everybody respected them because they were hard where they needed to be, and they were gentlemen where they needed to be. And yeah. um, you know, you, I see some of these guys carrying on, and we spoke about the loudmouth 
you know, um, smaller guys, and the Panthers do have a few, and you know, you know, they're five eight renowned for it. I I don't want to get into a slanging match, but you know, absolutely, they wouldn't carry on like they do if it wasn't for, you know, if it was the old days rules. And um, I just think, you know, I, I see some of these loudmouths, and I think, how would they have survived in that day? Because, you know, Les and Jimmy Morgan and so Lurch are gentlemen off the field, but they were brutal on it and. Absolutely, they wouldn't have got away with that. But the, what I want to emphasise, Yellow, is how how genuinely tough men don't need to be tough off the field. No, correct, mate. And uh, just gentlemen, I know Johnny Sattler was the same. Everyone talks mm. about that. He might come up further in our conversation yeah. here. But um, they, there was a term they used to use back in the day, white line feeder. As soon as they go across that white line, they just turn into different people. I mean, it has a different inference these days when you talk about white wine fever. But... <laughs> some, some of the social media footage I saw over the last couple of oh, Yeah, exactly, exactly oh, right. No. But, but, you know, no, you, you could just, you know, it was – and at the, at the time, I just remember, you know, the old Red Fenoble, um, you know, it was a the, – the dressing rooms were humble, to say the least. You know, and you get in there just before you walked on the field and, you know, there'd be 13 of us in the room. There's no one else like there is now. The coach would have gone and, you know, there'd be Mario, there'd be Targa, there'd be you know, Bundy, uh, Ian Roberts and, you know, just that last few minutes before kickoff because you knew when you went out there it was just, it was going to be brutal. You know, particularly if you're coming up against the Bulldogs or or the Tigers or some of the, some of the other teams that, you know, they weren't as ferocious, you know. And uh, but you just have a look at them and you, you see the steel in their eyes. And it was just, it was amazing. But I didn't think about it at the time, but now we're talking about it. It just brings back great memories of that. And there, there'd be, as I said, Mario, all we'd say was, come on, let's go and give it to these, right? Yeah. And that was the last thing we always said before we went out. And you just look around, as you often did, and you're like, well, I tell you what, I'm glad I'm going out with these blokes. And it was that's that's the greatest tribute you can give to the players here with you, like particularly uh, Robbo and, and Big Bundy. Yeah. Very good. All right. Jez, I'll, I'll give you a couple of quick ones just on the fly. As I, as I always do, I like to uh, include some of the boys I play with. And I think this these two blokes are two of the toughest blokes I play with. Now, they, they play... Australian schoolboys, but never, and they played a number of years for South Sydney, both of these guys. And they both come to the club at the same time. They came out of the same production line of St. Greg's, where we used to recruit a lot of good footballers out of there. And that's um, Mick Francis and Mick Astini. Um, both front rowers are both my front one's rowers. One's a brickie are... and one's a landscaper, aren't they? That's right. Oh, well... <laughs> <laughs> or what, work, been... what work you haven't done at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> done a fantastic job with the backyard, actually. <laughs> well, no, Two-week two break while construction was stopped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aussie does a bit of landscape gardening, but I told you, you wouldn't do mine because my garden portrait. But anyway. <laughs> Your one's covered in water with a bit of sand at the, at the end of it. <laughs> you were very comfortable there today, Shannon. I think you mate. Just uh, fitted out the office, so uh, yeah. It's, it's, thank you for noticing. Six Hello. bedrooms yeah. and an office, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, Mick Francis and Mick Estini. 
both these guys, like they were young kids when they were playing front row and they would just rip and tear. It was probably why they didn't have the longevity in their career. Um, both went over and played in the Super League, I think with Francis for the London Broncos. But they were, they were 19, 20, 21 playing against, you know, Paul Harrigan and Spud Carroll when Spud went over to Manly and, and these kind of guys. And I remember Paul Harrigan, one time he played Newcastle and Mick Francis and Paul Harrigan were just charging into each other all day. Paul Harrigan was on the footy show at the time on Thursday night. He said, I just, they beat us. He said, I'm just going to give a shout out to this bloke, Mick Francis. He's one of the toughest players I've played against. And that, I thought coming from Paul Harrigan, that was a massive rap. And I think he was really underrated. Mick Francis could run hard, could hit like David Gillespie. And the same applies to Mick Astini. I remember him almost single-handedly winning us a Friday night game against West down at Campbelltown. And, you know, West were a tough, tough pack. And Mick just took him on and ripped and, te- ripped and tear that night. He got the man of the match. It was a big Friday night Channel 9 game. And um, they were just sort of in that era when South were struggling. So they're sort of not thought of as fondly as as those guys that went on to international level that we've spoken about. But they're as tough as any front rowers that have played for South, both Mick Francis and, and Mick Astini. And um, I'm, I'm glad I get a chance to, to promote their, their great work because they're both passionate supporters of the club to this day. And Mick's still involved in sport, obviously. He's tied up with the boxing, involved with young Jai Opatea and a few other, uh, a few of the other up-and-comers. I think he's got a role with um, Justice Hooney as well. And, um, yeah, so it's great to see him still involved in sport and giving you free tickets. So. Yeah, there is, there is also that as well. <laughs> as I said, they're great players. I'm going to put my cap on for that one. <laughs> I love the way you just got into that one. It was, it was just jabbing, jabbing, jabbing. Bang. <laughs> Hello, you know how you said, you know, you look around and um, you looked around the dressing room, those blokes, you thought, oh, there's no one else I'd rather play with. I reckon the other 12 blokes would look at you weren't thinking the same. I can tell you. <laughs> Because I'm telling you what, as I look at you, that's exactly what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> it's funny you say that, Shannon. I left it alone, but I'm going to go back to it. Um, Jimmy, when I was having a few beers with Jimmy at that Clovelly Hotel, he said he used to help you out as a football. He said, I've done all I can for him, mate. He's so much better than he should have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Funny because it's true. <laughs> uh, I got a, I got a couple I'd like to mention together because it leads into a, a nice grand final story. I told it on the show a couple of weeks ago, but for those that may not have heard it, and I want to mention in the same breath Sam Burgess and John Sattler. Now we mentioned and sat before, and an absolute gentleman of of our club and and of the game, and and so Sam. Sam was absolutely loved by everyone from everyone that he played with and worked with at South through to all the members. And the fans, but they've got eerily similar grand final stories for our club, where they were injured in the opening, uh, in the opening moments of a grand final. And when I say injured, like devastatingly injured, sats with three broken uh, or his jaw was broken into three places, and Sam with a shattered cheekbone and shattered eye socket. But they both battled through, and with the help of their teammates, led their teams to victories that night. And it was. It leads to a story that I told the other day. So after the 2014 grand final and everyone was on stage and celebrating, we were having the 
the photos taken of the team with the trophy and everything, and everyone was excited. And I felt a tap on my shoulder, and it was Yvonne Sampson, who was working for Channel 9 at the time. She was there with her cameraman. And I turned around, and all she said to me was, "Is I've got John Sattler, you grab Sam Burgess. And it still gives me goosebumps now when I think about it. And I went up to Sammy, and I said, Sammy, I need, I need you for a couple of minutes. And he said, I just want to be with the team, Jez. And I said, oh, they've got John Sattler. They want you on Channel 9 with John Sattler. And he just stopped and he said, yep, righto, let's go do it. And to see those two men that had written themselves into South Sydney folklore because of the bravery that they'd shown in an effort to win this club another premiership just told the story, well, one of the stories of, of that night in October October 5, 20. 14 and it was funny yesterday we had our big media session with um all the journos and someone asked a question of of Adam Reynolds and they said now you're obviously battling a bit of a groin injury at the moment and Sam led the team to um such a great victory when he'd smashed his face in 14 and Sats had led the team to a great victory when he'd broken his jaw do you feel like you might have to do the same thing and he said well hopefully I don't have to break my face to win a premiership (laughs) very good but those two guys are just indelibly inked into the the folklore and the history of our club and and led the club so well. Sam didn't play in the front row that night, but he basically played like a front rower. He, even though he had the lock jersey on, he was taking play one and two carries and being the enforcer in in our team alongside other guys like Ben Teo, who were who were the muscle of that team. But um, those those two need to be mentioned in the top front rowers that we've had of all time. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, we spoke. I, I've just got a couple more to add as well. Mm. Um, yeah, we, we spoke about the front rowers being the, the engine room and how they win, help win teams, premierships, and that. And that's yeah. I mean, we, we've had the other two Burgess boys here, like George and Tom. Like George's performance in the 2014 Grand Final uh, was magnificent. Mm. I mean, let's let's not forget his that performance will go down. Everyone will remember that for the rest of their days. That that thing put on and and Tom's performance also was outstanding. But Tom's performance since that time, right through, I reckon he's playing the best footy of his career this year. So and we've been in preliminary final after preliminary final in that time. And Tom's played a big part in that. So I think he has to get a mention up up there in this. And also one. No one that will no one would ever bring this name up as a front rower in the, in this ilk, but Dave Tyrrell, yeah, again in the 2014 Grand Final, we're talking about front rowers that won comps for us back, and you know, or, and went close to winning comps with us in in Les Davison and Ian Roberts. Now this bloke's another one who the unsung hero went out, did the battering for the first 25 minutes, yep. okay, and then did his job. Just did his job, took a lot of punishment, but just kept turning up. He, so. he put his body on the line every week. And James Graham tried to destroy our forward pack by leading with his head into Sam Burgess in yeah. minute one. And then he tried to do it again when he realised that he had an able assistant in Dave Tyrrell in taking us forward later on. Yeah. And unfortunately, Tiz ended up off the field with, with concussion. Yeah. But he put his... his body on the line for us every week. He had the nickname Superman and it was due to his love of of yeah. Superman and everything about the the comic books and the character that was Superman. But I tell you what, some of the performance he he put in and as you say they were unsung, he he was a Superman personified sometimes with the efforts that he put in. Yeah. Definitely right, mate. Yeah. 
And uh, again, quite uh, quite bloke off the field. Yep. Uh, um, he didn't get the he doesn't get the recognition the others got because he wasn't that type of player. No. But he still did the work that he needed to do. Yep. In that team, and you know, it's great looking back to it. Absolutely, oh, I agree. You know, you you talk about great efforts, and you know. Uh, being compared to comic book hero Superman, that I guess in LA's day he would have been known as Wonder Woman, I suppose. Given <laughs> <laughs> it was either going to be Wonder Woman or Jabba the Hutt, one of the two. Compared to Mr. Gaspo. Wonder Woman, you're right. There's guys that don't get the recognition. I've just got a couple of more to add, just as special mentions to add to the list. Roy Asatasi, like he was the best front row in the world when he when he joined us, and he's he's uh, renowned as the guy that that turned around our fortunes on the field because it was his decision to take the leap and leave the Bulldogs who were at the top of their game when he came to South who weren't at the top of their game at the time. He took that leap of faith to come to this club and he was the, the foundation stone to attract players like Sam Burgess from England, Greg Inglis from the Melbourne Storm, these sorts of guys to get them to our club. Guys that also laid the foundation for Roy to come, Luke Stewart. Like he was just an absolute tower of strength for our club and he's another guy like Dave Tyrrell that doesn't get the raps. Peter Cusack when he came across he captained the club as well another front rower that was the captain of the team and as media manager I've got to come into the, the sheds and after 10 minutes I've got to t- I used to have to take the captains to the press conference with the coach and I'd look at guys like Roy and the Yak and, and Baz, Luke Stewart and, and say how can I possibly ask these guys when they're virtually melted into their seat after being bashed for 80 minutes to go and talk to the journos <laughs> like I actually felt bad walking up to them and they all did it they all peeled themselves out of their seat and, and went up and you mentioned the Burgesses as, as more recent. There's another bloke that I want to mention, and he's got absolute cult-like status at our club at the moment, and it's the man nicknamed the Goat. Oh, the Goat. Is he, if he's not the most improved player in the NRL over the last two years, then I'd, I'd have no clue what I'm talking about. He has transformed his game, and he's one of those blokes like you talked about, Liz Davidson and Ian Roberts, that everyone wants to play with, and that's all that footy players really want to be. They want to be a great teammate, and he is that. It's a good call, Jess. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, I love Wayne's approach too. Like when, every, when the GOAT stuff started taking off in the media and all that sort of stuff, people would say, oh, he's a great player. He's got quick footwork. He's got this and he's that. And Wayne's like, mm, yeah, I'm not sure that's right. <laughs> that's all he'd say about it. He wasn't buying into the hype. <laughs> well, I remember one press conference after the game. I said, uh, yeah, how, how's Mark Nichols after the game? He said, oh, he'd probably like a little bit more here, but he passed from that. He'd be all right. <laughs> I remember when he when he he was scalped one one game. Someone had lifted the top of his scalp, and one of our physios, Luke Annesley, who cops a bit of stick amongst the team, but he's a great fella, Luke. He's a bit of an easy target for a, a bit of a jibe here and there. He walked up to to Nico, and I was sitting behind him on the bench, and he's walked up and he's got the tape, and he's looking at him, and he's like, "I've got to wrap it round your head like a mummy." And Nico just looked at him and just shook his head. No, nah, let it <laughs> let it bleed. <laughs> Did you guys have any more nominations for the the great front rowers at the club? That's me. 
Me too, James. Yeah, no, what a, what a great, great nominations. It's it's amazing when you think back to the the players that we've had in the forwards at this club and the contribution that they've made. And again, this weekend we've got Junior Totola up there, and we we've got a, a host of front rowers. They're going to have to lead the team on Sunday afternoon, and I'll, I'll back them against any pack. They're Everyone has talked for the last three years about the Rabbitohs pack not being strong enough, and every week they're virtually saying, oh, the Rabbitohs pack can't get the job done. Just have a look at the, the results. They're getting it done, and they've got to do it one more time. Well, they're saying the Rabbitoh team can't get it done too, Jess. That's it. We'll Please doubt us. Doubt us even more. We'll find out, we'll find out <laughs> That's it. That's How many it. times on this show? How many times on this show have we said the Rabbitohs are at their best when they're underdogs? That's it. That's it. I'm not a, a betting man. Obviously, we can't have a bet on footy, but I'm tipping where the underdogs this week, and it suits me absolutely down to a T for that to be the case. So it's good. Let them talk up the Panthers. That, that was a great chat about the, the front rails. We'll be back after this short break. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Shannon, but I'm tipping the Rabbitohs online shop is in absolute meltdown this week for grand final T-shirts and any memorabilia that anyone can get their hands on at shop.rabbitohs.com.au. I remember uh, you sending an email around to the staff that in the overnight, the first night, Friday night, when we got into the game, we'd sold over 1,200 T-shirts in, in a matter of eight hours. Yeah, that's right, Jez. We're pushing... 4,000 at the moment now, actually, that Amazing. we've got through those grand final shirts. So, obviously, a lot of the Rabbitohs faithful members and supporters and fans are getting their Rabbitohs grand final shirt. And it's a great idea to to watch the game in your Rabbitohs grand finalist shirts. And you can add to that after Sunday with the with the Premier's range mm. as well, which we'll be releasing after we win the grand final, God willing, and all going well. But the grand final shirts are certainly going going gangbusters and they're a great way to cheer on the team as you as you watch from home yeah in, in lockdown um recently i've been quite pleased with the state of my rabbitohs credit card through rabbitohs plus and now it's an absolute disgrace after <laughs> last friday night i went a little bit nuts and that's even with a staff discount <laughs> it's the circuit of life Jez. you got your rabbitohs credit card you use that to pay your merch you work for the rabbitohs you know, spend it back it. on merch yeah, that's, that's, that's what that's i'll be doing next week why is you're, you're not getting the five finger discount you yeah know? <laughs> never hello never from the rabbitohs He's waiting for the I'm Premier's up, jacket. I'm giving up waiting for them to arrive, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> so shop.rabbitos.com.au for all of your Rabbitohs needs, all of the grand final merchandise this week, and fingers crossed we're uh, doubly inundated next week with Premier's merchandise. Now, being grand final week, and we all had the joy of experiencing it in, in 2014, and Shannon, you were there with um, some other team um, a few years before that. We're not mentioning their name this week. But grand final week, it's it's grown in stature in terms of how clubs handle it and how players handle it, and it's gone from probably a really, I would think, a really stressful week, perhaps back in the time when you were involved, back in 03, Shannon, with the stuff that you had to do to the players absolutely enjoying every minute of it. And as I was saying before, they're a very relaxed crew up there at the Gold Coast at the moment. Um, 
Hello, and it's it's probably one of the keys to grand final week that you allow yourself to enjoy it because they don't come around all that often. So we thought we'd talk about the top four things that we love most about grand final week. And we'll kick off uh, first with you, Ella. I think the, the greatest thing is, you know, the expectation of, of the finish line mm. and being at a two-horse race to the finish line mm. when – there's been 14 other teams fall by the wayside, you know. Um, it's like it's like when you're a kid waiting for Christmas Day for me and, you know, you know, waiting for that last sleep. You know, the kids can't wait to get under the Christmas tree to get their presents. And, yeah, but Shannon used to look forward to Christmas because he knew he'd get a big dinner or lunch. <laughs> that was what he was <laughs> That's still a highlight, Ella. <laughs> You know, you know what, Jezza? Now that expectation, and as the week grows, you feel the support that we know we've got, like the fan day yesterday, mm. the messages you get on your phone and the good luck messages from all the staff and, and just your friends and just rabbit supporters. Um, it gives you a, you know, a, not a burn, I don't know the word I'm saying, but, but a, a great reason to want to keep going, you know. Obviously, the prize. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah burden's not right. Bur- burden's a force coming down on you. I think it's the force coming up behind you and thrusting power, you forward. The power, the power of the representation yeah, of these it. people. And I don't think it's anywhere near. I don't think I felt anywhere near as much as, as we are at this stage. Yeah. And it's, it's it's not a burden. It's it's dead set. It's a great force, as you say. Yeah. Because we go back to the people, our supporters throughout Australia, wherever they are, the ones particularly that are in lockdown, they can't, mm. you know, and we've said, I say with on the on this show and I say on the, the playmakers, we saddle every week, keep watching us because we're doing it. We understand who we're doing this for. Yeah. Okay. And and it's it's real. It's not just bullshit. Mm. Okay. It's real. And it started off yesterday. We could visibly see the members at the Fender. Mm. Um, and, you know, it'll lead on. There'll be another... You know, the players have got a day off today, which is great. You get a time to relax and just sort of think about, you know, your achievements so far this year. Like, only the, only the second side in 50 years at the Rabbitohs to play in the grand final, right? And some of these players like Reno, AJ, Tommy Burgess, they're playing in the two, two games in 50 mm, years. Yeah. It's a massive thing. And you know what? We're not worried about the result. We're getting through the process because we know what the result will be mm. if we get our process right. And that's what we're doing at the moment. And that's that's the beauty of it. Mm. Not to get weighed down and worried about and nervous. Of course, leading into the game, you get nervous on, on game day a bit you know, before you get. But it doesn't matter because when I spoke about earlier being in a team where you looked around and you knew you had a great team with you, these boys have got that. Yeah. They are so tight. They look around and they talk to each other and they know what they want and they know what they've got to do to do it. Mm. They truly know now. It's taken a little bit of a while and Wayne knows what they needed to know and he's got it to them. Yeah. Hello, so can I, I, I just got to say, you're putting my life in danger at the moment. I'm sitting here 
in our little desk, which is right next to the the glass window out out, on, out onto our balcony, and I am dead set ready to run through this giant glass door that's right next to me. Hello, <laughs> think I wind it down a bit. <laughs> it's good for my safety. Well, it's just, <laughs> listen, we, look, it's just about the passion this club has, yeah. you know. You know, from everyone that's involved in it, it's just, um, it's just great to be up here and know we're going to that that game on Sunday. Mm. You know, and 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 knowing where we are, knowing where we are as a team, and knowing that we know where we are, and a lot of others don't. That's the best thing. Yeah, absolutely. One of one of the things for. For me this week, which we haven't experienced before, is the warm blanket that is Wayne Bennett. <laughs> it's just like a warm blanket. He's been there and he's done it and he's relaxed. So this will be his 10th grand final with an NRL club and his 13th grand final at the elite level, if you include all of his um, Brisbane competition grand finals. There was a great stat on um, social media that I saw during the week with the with the game being moved up to Suncorp Stadium, which was previously called Lang Park. There was a stat that said it will be 13,160 days between grand finals at Suncorp Stadium or slash Lang Park for Wayne Bennett, and he was in charge of teams called Souths on both occasions. They want to talk about... Uh, I was talking to Nick Pappas during the week. Brandy Alexander was on Fox last week, and he, after they'd won their preliminary final, he said, oh, I think it's written in the stars. The planets are aligning. It's 30 years since we won in 1991. And I was talking to Nick Pappas this week when we were doing the turning of the soil at the Heffron Centre at, at, uh, at Maroubra, and I said, it's funny, Brandy said this, and uh, I said, but what about this alignment? It's 90 years since we won in 1931. 70 years since we won in 1951. It's 50 years since we won in 1971. It's 20 years since we were reinstated to the competition. We've never lost a grand final in a season that ends in a one. (laughs) How much more alignment does he want? And there's another one. Wayne Bennett in charge of teams called Souths at Suncorp Stadium in grand finals. The other thing too, the the beauty about uh, Alexander when you listen to a game, you would never know the team he played for. <laughs> wouldn't you? Because he's biased, isn't he? <laughs> no, you wouldn't know Brandy or or you did you wouldn't know who Gus has been involved with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had someone say to me that uh, they love the coverage these days because the stuff that the T V stations do is fantastic, but they often watch it in mute. <laughs> We might have to go back to the uh, the old days of Rabbitohs Radio, not the new incarnation with Chaps Movo and Brownie. The old one we used to do where we used to call games over the internet for uh, Rabbitohs fans on rabbitohs.com.au. We might have to do our own call this Sunday. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> Why not? I'd, I'd be in tears for half of it, I reckon. <laughs> what about... Go on. Go on. I was go just going to say, Shannon, what about you? What, what are some of the things you love in grand final week? Well, I'll touch on it, but one of the things Hello said, you know, he's, you know, he gets all the messages from family and friends, you know, all the messages from his friends, which both of them, Hello, both, both, <laughs> both your mates that you've got. Anyway. Uh, he said it to me by mistake twice. <laughs> <laughs> one's your baker, one's your butcher, I think, too. Anyway. Uh, what I really love about Grand Final 
week and particularly the match is it's unscripted drama. It's an unscripted opera. You know, there is triumph, there's tragedy, there's twists and turns along the way with injuries. And, you know, as you said, you know, Tiz got concussed and couldn't play any more of the game. And you see, you know, you see players, Bully got suspended and, you know, having played, had such a great career with us, he couldn't play in the last one. There's always these twists and turns and triumphs and tragedies. And I love that because it's a whole season on the line. It's a whole year's work or in our case, probably the last three years work with Wayne on the line. Everything is at stake. And mm. when there's so much at stake and there's so much drama and intrigue involved, I just love it. You know, uh, a friend of mine who writes for the arts, um, she's a somewhat of an art critic and is Joe Casamino. And um, she just n- never understood my love of sport and particularly rugby league and the Rabbitohs. And she said, what is it that you love? And I said, Joe, it's like, think of it like an opera. You know, you have triumph, tragedy, hopefully no deaths, but, you know, it's really poignant moments and, and lifted ultimately to this zenith of triumph mm. that a whole year's or three years work mm. on the line. And, and you know, you get that in no other realm in, of your life that, you know, that's all played out in 80 minutes, a whole year's or three years work on the line. And you can't beat that for grand finals. That's what makes grand finals so special. Yeah, it's interesting what you say there about the the three year battle. That's what it feels like again. So twenty fourteen when when Madge came in in twenty twelve, it had been a three year job. It wasn't twelve months of work or from November the previous year. It was the culmination of three years. And even though this was our fourth straight preliminary final, I, I sort of felt like it started again when when Wayne took over from Anthony Seabold. That the, there was a, a real line drawn there, and this is the culmination again of three years hard hard work. So. Um, yeah, I'm I'm ready for Sunday. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> the opera that is the grand final. Bring it on, baby! Ab- absolutely. What well, one of the things I wanted to to talk about in this, in what you love about grand final week, and to give our members and supporters a bit of an insight, Ello, we we see the cameras in the dressing rooms and we see the players warming up and all that sort of stuff every week, and they're they're great pictures. But um, if you've ever been to a game of footy, you see a team warm up. They're running their drills and having a couple of kicks and catches and just getting their bodies warm. They'll smash their shoulders together to harden themselves a bit for the tackles. But can you give us a bit of an insight into what will happen on Sunday once the team has finished warming up? They move into that inner, inner sanctum dressing room at, at Suncorp Stadium where the lockers are. And what will happen amongst the players? Who will speak? What will Wayne say? What will Reno say? Do you expect any of the other players to, to say anything? Or do you think it'll be a, a level of quietness? What, what you're expecting this Sunday? Well, I'm expecting what we do every week. Yeah. It'll be exactly the same as what we do every week. And that's the process I speak about. Mm. The boys come in from their warm-up. Most of them got those their warm-up T-shirts on mm. with their player number, et cetera, on. They take them off. We've normally got about three minutes in that between that period, from the start of that period, to when Wayne wants to talk to them. Mm. So, you know, I we'll have a stopwatch going. We get all their, their jerseys on. Some have to go to the toilet. Some want to get a drink. Some are sweating. They get a towel and you know, dry themselves down. A couple of times yeah, I've been in there, I've noticed the the packet of um, the snake lollies. Yes. Not yeah. many left after when I'm in the sheds for that period. But no, no, no. <laughs> not in there. <laughs> anyway, sorry to cut you off. That was, yeah. yeah, exactly. But, but no, and that's the process. So and what do I do? I'll just go through and say, well, two minutes, 
and we get to one minute and then make sure we get everything there. And then Wayne, Wayne will talk to them. Wayne will, Wayne will talk to them about a few key points that he spoke on earlier in the week mm. and what he's spoken to for most weeks mm. in the last couple of months. Um, and then, you know, normally that takes us just up to the bell, which is if you're the home team, it's a, it's a three-minute bell. And if you're the away team, it's two minutes. For us, we're, we're classed as the away team this week due to where we finish on the table compared to Penguin. So when that bell goes, we know we're on the field in two minutes. So they know that. They'll get around and give each other their, their, their final best wishes and everything like that. And Red I'll ask me when's there's 30 seconds to go. I'll let him know. He'll get him in and have a chat to him. A few might say a few things and then where we go. Let's go. It's um yeah, it's a it's a it's a very good sequence of events. And it's something that doesn't doesn't often change, mate. And I don't see any reason why we'll change it this week. And from listening to what you're, you're saying there, it's really nothing, no new messages from Wayne at that time. It's just reinforcing the stuff they've already talked about. So they're not having to process anything in their thought process, anything that's new. It's just a reminder of the key points they've got to stick to. Yeah, and it's, look, everyone, it's easy to say, oh, it's just another game. Yes, it is just another game. But the stakes are high. The stakes are higher than any other game of the season. You know, for both teams, these boys are going to be playing, uh, you know, for the highest stakes in their life at this stage. Mm. Okay, and that, that's what it is. And, you know, for us, it's about managing that. Mm. I don't care if Penrith can manage it how they want, but I know we'll have it managed. Mm. I know. And it's, it doesn't, just doesn't happen when you get in that two-minute period before the game. It's what we do this week in the lead-up to it. And, you know, it's, it's on track. I'm really happy where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, that was a really evocative sort of insight in terms of the team preparing. Uh, that was excellent. Thank you, mate. Um, it was much better than the last insight you gave us. Some players put their right sock on first and people <laughs> don't put their left sock on. So that was much better. But what I found most interesting about that insight you gave us about the team seriously, you know, talking about grand final preparation, was that you always have to bring it back to food. You know, the stakes are high. The stakes are high. Unbel- <laughs> You're unbelievable. Who cares what you have for lunch, Ello? We well, want to know about the grand final. You know why I do that, Shannon? Because I know you won't stay interested unless I talk about food. <laughs> <laughs> to say, maybe that that where, where my mind went when you said the stakes are high, I thought, ooh, he could go to steak for lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Did anyone else have any other insights into grand final week they wanted to uh, to bring up? I, I just say, and I don't say this big noting, but I just remember the 2014 grand final being on the sideline when the boys line up and mm. face the stand when the national anthem's on. And you look straight into their eyes and um, and to sing the national anthem with them and they, they see what it moves to everyone, the staff and the crowd and that, and just seeing them ready to go. It's, a, it's uh, you know, Anzac Day is a magnificent thing for that too, uh, to be on the actual field for that. And, uh, you know, it's um, that's that's the moment when you know it's game on and, you know, it goes. It just goes quiet. The ground's quiet for our national anthem, and mm. then the roar after it is just incredible. 
I remember talking earlier about the team being relaxed. I remember when they, they ran out in 2014 and and then the Bulldogs took forever to come out to try and stir us up and eventually they, they came out and it actually gave us a chance to soak up the atmosphere and get a bit more of a warm-up in and the boys handled it really well and I thought, I wonder if this will rattle them and then they all lined up and they... they put their arms around each other, line up for the, the national anthem. And John Sutton, our captain, was at the end of the line. And I, I just saw him look up into the crowd and he, he saw his daughter there. Pippi and he just gave her a little wave. And I right. thought, there you go. It just shows how relaxed they were. And he, he led them to a to a premiership. And I'm sure it'll be similar this week, led by uh, the little pest Adam Reynolds, that he'll he'll have them relaxed with a, a joke or a prank here and there throughout the week. And and they'll uh, they'll really enjoy the week. In the words of the great John Sutton, let's do this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, we might go to our next break and move on, but I hope everyone listening to that is really looking forward to Sunday evening. Of course, it's a 6.30 kickoff up in Queensland. Hello, make sure you, yes. you, yeah. your clock changes at 2 a.m. that Sunday morning. What, what a... Terrible day to go into daylight savings. It could have all sorts, especially for Manly, if they'd got through. They were late when it was normal time. They would have had to make d- deal with another hour. They wouldn't have known what was going on up there. Well, mate, I'm glad you told me, Jez. I'll have to, I'll have to miss 6 o'clock mass. <laughs> You can cross the oh no you can't cross the border. I was going to say cross the border and come to the seven o'clock in New South Wales, but <laughs> it's a six thirty kickoff up there, seven thirty p.m. down here. But um, having a look at the the TV guides, which unfortunately Shannon and I are going to have to watch it on on TV. I, I know Channel Nine are broadcasting from eleven a.m. that day, so it's a, it's a, a long build up, but we're going to soak every bit of it in, and and we can't wait. Now, we're recording here on a Wednesday morning of Grand Final Week, so we've still got quite a few days to wait until the game. And the way that all of us can fill up our time is by checking out all the fantastic content on the Rabbitohs digital channels. There's no better way to stay across everything that's happening this week from live streams to the usual produced content that they they have from the, the great memes that we see from Maddie the Meme Man Lucas and all that sort of stuff coming through in the in the week. Your one-stop shop for all the key info is rabbitos.com.au, our club website. You can follow what we're doing on social media on Facebook by heading to facebook.com slash South Sydney and the official Instagram and Twitter accounts, which the handles are at SSFC Rabbitos. We've got our Rabbitos YouTube channel, which is where I watched the live stream of yesterday's training session and ably hosted by the great Brock Schaefer and a great summary there from Mello early on in the in the uh, live stream yesterday. And, and don't forget to encourage your family and friends to subscribe to the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. All you need to do is search on your favourite podcast apps, uh, Rabbitohs Podcast Network, or even if you just go Rabbitohs, that usually gets you there as well. And we have uh, heaps of videos on rabbitohs.com.au as well. So you're not going to miss out on any of the action this week. And there's plenty planned uh, after the grand final as well, which our members and fans are going to be able to enjoy from wherever they are if they're not up on the Gold Coast as well, Shannon. Absolutely. As you said, Jez, go to the uh, Rabbitohs digital channels, probably starting as rabbitohs.com.au uh, to see, as you said, we streamed the uh, open training session yesterday. Uh, we're going to open open fan day for members as well on Monday, the day after the grand final that everybody will be getting sent a link to and a notice for. And 
that's we want to make sure that all of our members get to share the moment, those that aren't in Queensland. Obviously, those that are in Queensland can attend the, that event on the Monday after the grand final with the team. Those that can't can, can stream it, but you get all of that uh, information and all of that links from the Rabbitohs website and our other digital channels. But one more shout-out I want to give, Jez, is we've gone on sale for our 2022 membership today, a really important mm. day for the club. We've got the biggest, strongest and proudest membership in the NRL and it's certainly that support that propels our club to uh, success and cheering loud and proud and also financially allows us to have the resource what we do to be successful and we rolled over our membership and already we've got 20,000 members as of this morning Jez it's 10:19 on Wednesday morning the 29th as we film this and we've already got 20,000 members, which is more than three quarters of the competition. We've got 20,000 members for 2022 already. 31,000, of course, in this year. Got 20,000 already for next year. And I encourage everybody who isn't a member to go on to rabbitos.com.au. Have a look at all the great benefits of being a member. You know, inner sanctum experiences with the team and the club. Um, discounts on merchandise, all of the events. Obviously, best seats in the house. And if you can't make games, there's non-ticketed membership. So mm. I encourage everybody to go on to rabbitohs.com.au and check it all out. And I believe for the, the members out there that are collectors as well of Rabbitohs memorabilia, there's another nice little collectible to add to the collection that we've had the last few years as well if you sign up early. Yes, I won't let the cat out of the bag yeah. out of that. But they've certainly proved very, very popular over the last couple of years. And this year's one, I'm sure, will be no different. Uh, a lot of... A lot of collectibles. You get some great merch with the membership pack as well. So, uh, you know, just a way of showing your support and effectively being a part owner of the club and having having your voice in the club and, most importantly, ensuring your club stays strong, loud and proud. Well, rabbitos.com.au for all the information in Grand Final Week and beyond and also for the links to 2022 membership. Now, our final trivia question of the year. In which year did the Rabbit logo first appear on the Rabbitohs jersey? Let's see how you go with this one. No idea. No idea. <laughs> He's like a black somewhere. Right I'll here. give you a hint. It's somewhere between 1908 and 2021. <laughs> Jez, can we start narrowing down by the decade? Can we, can, I, can we throw guesses at you for the decade? All right. It was in the 1950s. Yes. I was going to say 50s. Yes. Uh, you were not. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Tell me the year, and I was going to say that as well. But, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll have a shot at 1951. Oh, 51. Hello? That's wrong. So there's nine others you got to choose from. <laughs> I'll say 55. Oh, close. You were closer. Elo wins. Closest right. wins. It was 1959. Oh, that was my next guess. <laughs> <laughs> there, that's our final trivia question for the year. That's been fun over the year, and it's good to see that you all read your run sheet all the way to the end. <laughs> the run sheet. <laughs> on there every week. Ella, Ella doesn't look at it because he's got the word run in it. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, there's our catchphrase. Very good. We don't very say that enough good. either. It'll be very good if we win on Sunday, I'll tell you. 
That will be very, very good. I'll have to make new hats. <laughs> be bigger ones so I can fit in the extra very. It'll be very, as the Bible salesman said, it'll be very, <laughs> very good. <laughs> Oh, excellent. Right out. Short break coming up. As we said, if you're looking for your next epic holiday, maybe a long weekend with your mates, or you need to get away to the next game, then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire, and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com slash rabbitohs and use the promo code rabbitohs15 to save 15% on select hotels. Now, conditions apply with that offer, but head to whatif.com slash rabbitohs and use that promo code rabbitohs15 to save 15% on select hotels and I've got to say there were some weird and wacky thoughts about how we could somehow jet ourselves into Brisbane this week to go to Suncorp Stadium. There was the idea of being the uh, parachutists that normally fly in with the flags. We could just fly in with some Rabbitohs flags and pretend we're part of the pre-game entertainment. And uh, we were chatting online with our um, chiropractor, Terry Cullitz, and he suggested a submarine might get us across the border somehow up to uh, up to Queensland. So I'm sure What If would be able to help us with any idea that we had to get up there. You'd need a hot air balloon to get Shannon into the ground. <laughs> parachute wouldn't be good enough. Well, I'll tell he, you wouldn't, what, he wouldn't fit in a parachute. He wouldn't. <laughs> He wouldn't fit the submarine, Jez. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it goes straight to the bottom. They couldn't get it off the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it's the final round, and Ello's come out with <laughs> swinging from Boy, the rafters. Hot air balloon. I tell you what, we wouldn't need a tank for it, Ello, with all the nonsense that you speak, all the hot air that you've got. <laughs> yeah. And waste, I'll give you the tip. Oh, very good. <laughs> And, and don't start talking about hot air balloons or I'll start talking about blimps and you know where that's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Well, what if, jump onto whatif.com slash Rabbitohs, use that promo code Rabbitohs15 and you can save 15% on select hotels when all the lockdowns lift. Now, to round out the season, we have our joke of the week, but it's Shannon's go this week, and it's going to be Shannon's true story of the week. <laughs> Is it my joke? I, I, I thought it was Ello's turn, Jez. Uh, well, according, according well, was, to the run sheet, it says Ello's joke of the week, but was, I'm, I'm reliably informed it's yours. <laughs> it, was go, it was going to be my joke of the week, but the people laugh so much when you speak, we thought we'd let you do it. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> basically, the dog ate Ello's homework again, is what we're saying. Yeah, it's the only feed you get with Ello around, I tell you. But all right, uh, so, so the, the, the true, true story, story. Yeah, yeah, it is. It actually is a true, no, this is dead set a true story. Um, I saw this on one of our Facebook, our fan Facebook sites, and I was reading it. And I thought this just typifies the mentality of our Rabbitohs members, how passionate they are. They are. This is this is one of his posts. This is dead set. I'm reading it to you as I go. Hey everyone, this is what one of our members has written. Hey everyone, a good mate of mine has two fully paid tickets for the NRL Grand Final in a private box with all food and refreshments included. 
Unfortunately, he didn't realise when he bought them that this is on the same day as his wedding, so he can't go. So if you're interested and want to go instead of him, it's at 2 p.m. at St Paul's Catholic Church, Albion Park, and her name is Julie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very good. Actually, I'm just, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm trying to find one here I've got on, on WhatsApp. Yeah, I'll just read it out to you. Yeah, righto. All right, if you don't mind. Yeah, good, to see, I... good to see the research is, is paying off, fellow. Do I need the beep button? No. No, no you don't. Good, good. Um, there's, a, there's a guy and, and, a, and a woman in this fruit market. And they've got their trolleys and they're walking past and the, the woman says to the guy, hi there. And the guy replies, do you know me? He said, I think you're the father of one of my kids. He says, oh, he said, are you the stripper from the bachelor party that I made love to on the pool table with all my buddies watching while your partner whipped my butt with wet celery? <laughs> he said, no, I'm your son's teacher. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh. Out with a bang, literally. Oh, dear. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Very good. Righto. We'll go to our final break for the show. Well, gentlemen, we got through 32 episodes in our first season of the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast. And I've got to say, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you every week and, and have a laugh and, and reminisce about some of the great times at the Rabbitohs and also have a look at the, the current great times and the great era that's being um, built right now. And uh, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to chat to our members and supporters every week on the, on the podcast. And for those who may have just found us, you can go back. It's all evergreen content. There's nothing that goes out of date. So you can sit back and listen to all 32 episodes again over the off-season as we build up to next year and I've been saying during this that this is our last one for the year but we have been talking about um, an end of season gathering at the Young Henry's um, distillery there and I think we might have to do at least one more episode over the off-season. It'd be great to do it um, in person, either at Young Henry's or back in the studio at Kingsford when you're back in town, Elo, back in New South Wales, and we can all catch up because I've missed you, Elo. We've all missed you and, and everyone that's up there, and we, we can't wait to see the fruits of all of your labour um, this Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening when you hold that trophy again, Elo. Thanks, Jez, and thanks, Shannon. It's, it's been great doing this every week, and I know, I know it takes time out of what we're doing, but... You know, what we chat about, it gives people a bit of an insight into, into what we think at the club. And mm. as I say, our focus is the people that supported us for so many years, our members and, and fans and, you know, and, and corporate partners. I mean, without them, where would we be? Yeah. We wouldn't be. We wouldn't be talking about the Rabbitohs going to their, their mm. second grand final in 50 years. And we wouldn't be the club that is now one of the powerhouses in the NRL. Let's be fair to them. Mm. That's what we are. And and we'll show it on Sunday, I can assure you. Yeah. We are the powerhouse. And hello, uh, Jez is right, mate. It's been great Zooming in with you each week. And, and we are missing you. 
not as much as your local pie shop or Chinese <laughs> restaurant, but we are missing we are missing you. And and Jez, you mate, you're you're right too. It has been your absolute pleasure hosting me. So <laughs> uh, I really I've really enjoyed the show. Um, and I don't think this should be our last one. I can think of three more we need to have. We need to, as you said, we've got to look after the boys at Young Henry's and do one from their brewery. Uh, don't forget, we're going to have one at Garlow's Pie Shops, one at Garlow's Pie Factory. <laughs> and uh, I've already contracted, uh, contacted Andrew Curie. We're going to have one at the Robert Oakley's Vineyards as well. So yeah. I, I think we should have at least three more episodes in us. I think we should do one at the Chinese restaurant of the junior. <laughs> oh, you know what? Just let's go through the whole off season. I can find this for yeah. seven years. We'll do oh, one of the Sun Deck Brasserie with a nine dollar roast in front of us. I tell you what, the, the South Sydney Juniors with you, Shannon, we can do it four times a week in the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> and a couple of times at Pinocchio's. <laughs> I know they've started making me use the goods lift I've put on that much weight. <laughs> He can't go to Pinocchio's because he doesn't tell lies. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. And of course, I tell, the, I tell you who I do see in that Pinocchio's all the time talking about telling lies is the Rabbitohs celery cap order. Sorry, the Roosters. Celery <laughs> I was going to say, what are you? <laughs> I apologise to Peter Leg. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I meant to say the Roosters uh, celery cap order. You know, a big <laughs> shout out to Joe Kelly, former Rabbitohs employee. <laughs> <laughs> I love Joe, even though he's been at the Roosters and Manly. Everyone's got their faults. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, the top four podcasts isn't the only thing you can get on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. There's the great job that the team at Rabbitohs Radio do every week. And last week, uh, Shannon, I don't know if you've heard it, but they, over the weekend, they had Terry Hill on their show. It was absolutely hilarious. It was a real throwback to the the footy show days, and he was on fire. Someone pulled that cord in his back, and he wasn't shutting up. He was just on fire for an hour and a half. He was just firing it out with the boys. It was it was great. Poor old Mavo was trying to get get a word in to get a mention, and Terry said, "I'm not finished yet," and he kept going, kept talking. Oh, I hope they have their spray jackets on. <laughs> the magic of Zoom, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was good fun listening to them and I'm sure they'll have uh, they're doing plenty of content at the moment and I'm sure they'll have more episodes after the grand final and before the grand final as well. We've also got the uh, the regular media conferences that we've had throughout the year and it's often funny to go back and listen to some of Wayne's pre-game press conferences. I've got to say it's one of the things that I'll really miss from 2022 onwards. I'm, I've told JD he's got, uh, he's got big shoes to fill in terms of the captain's run print press conference because it made everybody happy every week listening to Wayne. We've got the Rabbitohs Insider Audio as well, so there's plenty going on on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network that's brought to you each week. It's powered by Audio Technica and, and presented by What If, and it's great to have those guys on board throughout the year as well. Without them, we wouldn't have been able to get all the equipment together and everything that we've been able to do. And the other thing I want to do is thank all the guests we've had on this year. We've had some great people on the show. We started with with Blake Solly. We had Steve Fennick, John Sutton. We've had uh, Reno and Saucy on, on here. We had the great Mike Whitney last week. Wasn't that an absolute pleasure to spend a couple of hours with Mike and... Uh, we've had some great guests on the show and we'll have some more again when we do this next year and uh, I want to thank them for taking their time out of their busy schedules as well to to talk to us all and have some fun with us. Well said, Jez. We've had some great guests on this show and, and Brock Schaefer, so it's been excellent. 
<laughs> really appreciate them all all coming on. I don't regard Brock as a guest because I figure he's just sitting off camera next to Ello anyway every week. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking him breakfast probably. <laughs> I figure he's there all the time. How, how has it been without Brock now that his wife has seconded him back, Ella? Yeah, it's been a little bit different, Jez, but um, great Blake Solly's come up and uh, sort of tag team. And uh, where we go? I heard Blake's that Blake's cooking his breakfast now these days. <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard Ray was giving Blake the evil eye at the airport as he was getting on the plane, saying, "Don't you touch my husband like like Brock does." <laughs> oh, I, I thought this was PG rated. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean like shaking hands and stuff, pat on the on the back, stuff like that. <laughs> Close club. <laughs> oh, very good. There it is again. Very good. Our, our catch cry. As I said, the top four podcast, it's powered by Audio Technica. It's proudly presented by Woody. If I hope everyone listening enjoys the build-up to Sunday and Sunday evening. Come on, the mighty Rabbitohs. Premiership number 22 is hopefully in the bag about 10 o'clock on Sunday night, and then we'll have to try and find Ello somewhere next week to try and get him on the podcast for a couple of minutes on Zoom. That'd be great to do a special Premiership edition just for five minutes, even if we can find him somewhere next week. Thank you again, gentlemen, for all of your time. And on behalf of all our members and supporters, thank you for your time each week. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If, official travel and parkways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What If, it's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the rabbit eyes.